Welcome everybody, happy Monday, SF Live episode 63. I'm joined in a few seconds by Jonathan Ott, he's the president and CEO of Gold Standard Ventures. But before we get started with our interview with Jonathan, quick reminder, please use hashtag AskGSV for your questions during our live chat with Jonathan. We'll get to the questions at the end of our conversation about the recent happenings at Gold, uh, Gold Standard. And uh, also a quick reminder, make sure to follow us here on Twitter, make sure to hit the subscribe and follow button. Also on YouTube, Spotify and Instagram, where we will upload those or our video conversation. Uh, of today as well that's it from my end let's switch over to mr jonathan on he is president and ceo of gold standard ventures jonathan how are you doing you're self-quarantining right now i hear yeah i'm 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 well thanks uh really appreciate the opportunity to uh be on your show no it's great like you you were in the u.s for a few days and now uh you're, you're quarantining like tell us what, what you did in the u.s and give us an update sort of uh what you've been up to lately yeah i had a side visit and and uh we we're there for three and a half days and and um you know, now, of course, we have to, you know, self-isolate and self-quarantine for, for 14 days. So toughing away from the family, but uh, just taking the opportunity to get lots of work done and, and uh, get a few things over the line. Fantastic. Was the side visit related to anything that happened last week? Uh, yes, the, the early part of it was. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we should talk about that. A lot of stuff has happened. Uh, even during COVID, you guys put out a, quite a bit of news flow and uh, COVID still hasn't hasn't. It still exists, right? But the slower period, it seems like it has been lifted. Companies are working hard. Um, run us through the last three months of what, what you guys have been up to, what have you been working on? Well, look, I mean, what we announced last week with the transaction with Orion has really been the culmination of work that we've that we put in place over the last three months. And and I think a lot of this, uh, you know, Newmont selling half their block to to Orion uh, started at the BMO conference in, in February is when, you know, uh, Orion really took took an interest in, in uh, getting involved with Gold Standard. And that was really because of the revised PFS that we had filed in early February. And it's been no secret that, that you know, Newmont has uh, been, been open to uh, divesting of, of some of, some or all of their share positions they inherited from Gold Corp. Um, and, um, you know, so I think maybe that's relevant to talk about, you know, why Oceana sold and why Newmont is selling. You know, look, I, I think Oceana was was extremely supportive for a number of years, and they had their license uh, temporarily taken away from their uh, Didipio uh, mine in the Philippines, and that was their biggest source of cash. Uh, so for them, I think it was more of a balance sheet hole they wanted to kind of solve. Uh, so we were able, able to cross those guys out, their entire 42 million share block in February at the BMO show. Um, and then I think Newmont is... is um, you know, most of the things that they inherited in that portfolio, you know, they're they're looking to to you know divest of, and I think you know the question we got asked last week is, well, why do they only sell half? And and I think for the conversations that I've had, they they do want to maintain some level of, of exposure to the upside. So we had bid them for their entire block, and that was certainly our preference mm -hmm. because then I think that really would have removed you know, the overhang that, that we've had in our stock for, for quite some time. Okay. Interesting. Let's go through it chronologically real quick. Like Oceana sold. Uh, who, who took up the share block? Who, who, who bought the 42 million shares? Uh, a number of existing institutional shareholders and then, and then several new ones. And a, a bunch of the new guys came in because they said, okay, well, this is, this is clearly part of a, a cleanup trade, a mop-up trade, that this is the entire block. And it was no secret that Oceana uh, was looking to do that you know, sort of uh, four, five, six months prior to that. So it was, it was a, a, again, a combination of existing shareholders. We had a bunch of chunky orders in there and we were able to clean it up and, and uh, was, was happy to have gotten that done. And look, you know, Oceana came in at, at a time where, where funding for the junior space was, was, was tight. 
um, and they were originally looking at our North Bullion deposit, which is a you know couple million ounce of sulfide in the northern portion of our project. And that money was used to discover Dark Star. So they came in at a time that, that was that was that was great and allowed us to to bring in you know Gold Corp as a as a shareholder and and raise you know quite a bit of money over that three year period. Fantastic, and you actually added somebody on the uh, on the corp dev side as well that you actually got from from Oceana as well. I, I met him while he was at Oceana, Bill Galen. Yeah, you know, Bill was instrumental in Oceana, you know, getting involved originally, and and they went down, you know, three or four times before they made the investment, and and Bill really led that that process technically. Yeah, no, it was interesting because I bumped into him the other day, or I think it was at PDAC. I bumped into him. I saw him with the Gold Standard Ventures uh, name tag, so uh, it, was good, it was good to see an addition. I think uh, he's a really good guy and uh, really credible and quality geo. I think as well. Um, let's talk about the recent the recent deal now with uh, Orion. They bought half the Newmont block, uh, but they're also investing in the market. They, they signed a deal that they'd have to buy one point one million dollars worth of shares in the market, but they're also doing a, pl a placement with you guys. Is that correct? Yeah, so the total equity portion of this is 20.5 million US. So a big portion of that was was in half the block that they purchased from Newmont and that was at market and that was 112 Canadian. And again, you've got you've got a large private equity group with lots of capital and then you've got the by market cap the largest gold mining company in the world. So getting these two to align on price and and amount was was a bit of a bit of a tightrope, bit of a dance, but um and then, you know, concurrent with that, we had a portion of our ATM that, that was still uh, in place. So they bought, uh, the, you know, call it million shares or so through our, our ATM. And the balance of that 20.5 million US was in a uh, concurrent, you know, one-off private placement. Okay, fantastic. Uh, let, let's switch over and start talking about the projects. Um, you're working on feasibility study and permitting right now. Uh, you put out a first resource update on Lewis. Um, I'll let you choose which project you want to start with. Which one do you want to give us more of an update on first? Definitely on railroad. I mean that that's our flagship project. I mean I, I think the the uh, two primary objectives for us this year is to is to finish our development drilling, convert the inferred at Dark Star and Pinion to M and I, and then roll that into a feasibility study that's due out in, in uh, 2021. There's around half a million ounces, you know, kind of between 500 and 600 thousand ounces that are in the inferred or that are kind of brownfields ounce we're going to look to convert over to the uh, measured and indicated and that of course will be added on to the 1.25 million ounces that was in our revised pfs that we announced in uh, uh, february um, and then we're going to be following our plan of operations which which you know kind of triggers the uh, process for the eis which is a 12-month process so really th those are two really important objectives for us to to achieve um, and then as as we um finish up on the infill development drilling. There's about 160 holes we're going to be drilling at, at Pinion and Dark Star, with about 100 of those holes being at Pinion and about 60 of those holes being at Dark Star. Once the, the bulk of that drilling is done, we will definitely look to to do some exploration on, on some of the targets that um, you know we got into late last year. One of them is LT. It's about a mile away from Pinion. You know, gram and half oxide at surface in pen perm, which is the same host as Dark Star, um, and that that hole was about 350 to 400 meters away from some 10, 12, 14 gram uh, grab samples at surface. So we like that target a lot. We'll see what's going on there. Um, and of course, underneath Dark Star and underneath Pinion are, are you know um, areas that we like a lot. But um, right now, we're we're really focused on um, making this this. Um, uh, making the endowment, making the number of ounces in our in our uh, PFS, make it larger, get over that 10 years. Um, and one of the things that we're seeing now with sort of the last round of optimization and trade-off work, 
uh, for the PFS into the uh, feasibility study, we're seeing more material that that go to the uh, ROM, which is run a mine, mm -hmm. um, and maybe maybe pushing out the installation of the HPGR, which is a high pressure grind roll form of crushing until year four, and that would potentially lower your capex and lower your opex. But we might look at offsetting some of that with a larger leach pad, so maybe have you know higher throughput. Um, so we're 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 doing that work now, but um, you know I think just high level. You know, I, I think people looked at this thing. I mean, we, we when the, the discovery was made at Darkstar, the stock went, you know, up crazy, and we got into the GDXJ. And I think there was a view at one time that this this would be a, you know, a tier one or tier two asset, according to you know Mark Bristow, 350, 400, 500 ounces a year, and it ended up being one and a half to two million ounces. And suddenly people thought, okay, well, the, the you've got a broken uh, asset. No, it was a broken chart, a broken share price because of you know, we had BlackRock had their mandate change last year. That was 20 million shares that got sold. You know, Oceana sold and Newmont sold half their block. Stock's gone through a massive kind of turnaround. And now there's been really a full expectation reset. And now you're now you're seeing something that's, you know, 1.5 to 2 million ounces. That'll be in, in a feasibility study. Um, very manageable CapEx, very low ASIC, robust IRR. These kinds of things don't grow on trees, and I think that there's there's a way for us to, to make it larger. And we've got a number of, of exciting exploration targets that we think are, are on the cusp of turning a corner. So now I think we've kind of come back to square one. You know, obviously the market eighteen hundred eighteen hundred gold is is you know uh, amazing, um, but I think that there's uh, shallow, high grade oxide deposits at surface that have you know are basically at feasibility level i mean there's a massive in, in nevada at that so be <laughs> yeah, some opportunities that come out of the joint venture and i think that, that um you know there's a massive difference between the numbers that you put out in a pa to a pfs to a fees yeah. and typically your you know your capital goes up <laughs> ir goes down you really, really tighten up those you know the spacing and your understanding of the deposit. Yeah. Um, th there's been some criticism on the on the stock, like when you put out the PFS that you've uh, had it delayed and you sort of got saved by the fourteen hundred dollar gold price. Uh, what are some of the levers you're pulling now? It's like you, you mentioned a couple already, but uh, you, you're drilling a lot. So it's like, is there some expansion drilling as well? You, you mentioned expanding mine life to at least over ten years. Are there some other main catalysts uh, to look forward to, like before the feasibility study comes out, to get an idea of the sense of what it's going to look like? Yeah. So so I I think that. Uh... Um, the the two big changes that we made, uh, you know, from our PFS that we announced in September to the one that we came out in in, in February, that that was definitely better received than the one in September. You know, we've we've gone to leasing the equipment as, instead of purchasing the equipment, and we pushed out the installation of the HPGR until year four. And you know, I, I think the, again the primary area of focus for us now is is uh, you know converting this you know half million ounce or so of inferred that's at Darkstar and Pinion right now into the feasibility study. And we're just finishing up some met work at uh, Pinion. So there are some opportunities to, to enhance the project economics at Pinion via Met. And I would recommend a great improvement in the, in the sort of next block of drilling that we're doing now because it's got the least amount of drilling density. Um, and there's, there's some really interesting holes down there. And then we've got two satellite deposits called Jasperoid Wash and Pod. You know, in a 43-101 compliant, there's about 300,000 ounces of oxide there. Uh, pod is currently, you know, they're both sort of about 150,000 ounces. You know, pod we see having, you know, an opportunity to expand. 
there were some really nice historical intercepts in there. There's, you know, 50 to 60 meters of, of, of three grams oxide. You know, jasperoid wash is, is lower grade, but there's a big endowment of metal down there. And because it's got virtually no strip, the recovery seemed to be pretty good. You know, it's contained within an envelope of half a million to 600,000 ounces. So even if we find nothing else outside of, of Dark Star and Pinion converting those inferred ounces into the mine plan and uh, drilling off the, satellite, the two satellite deposits, you're talking about very clear visibility to well north of 2.5 million ounces of oxide if, if we find nothing else. And that puts you in sort of a different category, you know, to suggest uh, that we won't find anything else on a project of this size is, is, is I think, you know, uh, being very short-sighted. You know, at Darkstar, there, there's another kind of block of, of sulfide material as you go west. It does get deeper, but there's going to be a hole in the ground at Darkstar. Um, you know, typically in these oxide, you know, Carlin systems, you see an oxide cap, and then you see this under uh, underpinned uh, sulfide component underneath it, which often can be a lot bigger and a lot higher grade. Interesting. Like, and I've been looking at the, the the map here. I see a couple of, like checkerboard pieces missing. Um, are you going to use your share price? Like, you're trading at 300 million market cap right now. You're roughly 300 million shares out, buck 12, so actually 330 million market cap. Um, to, to acquire additional projects around you to fill those holes, or what's the strategy there? Because I've noticed a couple are quite close to Dark Star and uh, to, to Jasper I'd Wash there in that area. Yeah, so I, I think the one that, it, that is uh, sort of south um, west of Darkstar and southeast of Pinion, um, a third of the minerals of one section. So it's about, I don't know, 200 acres. You know, let's just say that the, the, the bid-ask spread is very real and the owner um, of, of what that project is worth. And, and um, we've, we've, we've reached out, we've talked to that owner a couple of times um without without any any luck and we did drill some holes that were that were right up against that section line uh understanding that that target if it existed on that project would likely be deep and that that that, that was our thesis and um we turned out to be correct so it, it definitely definitely uh was you know became lower on the look it's an eyesore obviously but um I think it's something that um, you know, for for the time being, we're we're happy with our land package, and then the other land that is um, you know east of uh, of Jasperoid and south of Jasperoid and Dixie is owned by is owned by Contact Gold. Um, we've got a you know we we know those guys. We talk to them, um, but I think for right now we're 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 focused on you know Dark Star and Pinion getting these these inferred ounces converted over, getting this plan of operation filed, triggering the process on the EIS um and and uh, really moving that forward and you know, again it's very important for us to have you know that kind of closer to two million ounces in a fees than, than closer to what we have now and and um you know something that's that's you know the clock is ticking on the permitting is also very important to us and these are things that most people in the market don't care about but i think i think adding an extra half million ounces will really enhance the the economics of of our uh, revised pfs and um the team is is focused on on also finding the next one so um yeah i i think land package wise that's you know that's we've kind of really expanded this land package over the last seven years going from kind of 12 square miles to over sea you know and of course the north of us is uh rain the joint venture yeah. Okay. Um, for the, for the EIS, before we switch over to Lewis, I just really want to know: like, do you need to do or finish any environmental baseline studies, or do you have the data? It's more about compiling it right now. 
Yeah, I mean, we're in the very final stages of all the data collection. I mean, we, we've, you know, many of these studies are multi-year studies, so we're on track. I mean, I I would say that, that, that COVID definitely pushed it out a couple of months, but we're on track to have this thing filed uh, in the fall. Okay, fantastic. Let, let's talk about Lewis. You just put a resource out. Um, I would call it a distraction, but it's an interesting sideshow. So uh, give us an update uh, on Lewis, what the plan is there. Uh, it's a bit of a different area. So just run us through that real quick. Sure. So we, I think back in uh, in 2016, we bought a 19.9% stake in, a, in, in what was a public company called Battle Mountain Gold. Um, you know, our then uh, VPX, Matt Jackson, was, was, you know, quite favorable to the geology, uh, the geology, knowing that there was a small oxide resource at surface, but really liked the potential along some of those faults and structures that came out of the, the Phoenix Fortitude pit. And there were a couple of holes that Barrick had drilled in the late 80s that were never followed up on. So we think there's an opportunity to have, you know, a continuation extension um, to, to what's going on at, uh, at Phoenix Fortitude. And a couple of times, uh, Newmont had tried to lay back onto the project without our permission. And if you stand on the edge of the pit, you look at where the waste dumps are, where their infrastructure is, um, you know, we, we, we feel that it is a strategic asset that also has expiration upside. So we wanted to make that resource compliant. And I think, I think we'll look to, you know, we're, we're open to doing things with the joint venture. Um, but I think as the market changes here, we might look to get that back in there. But we think at some point that's going to need to be, uh, um, you know, to have some kind of a layback agreement on for the joint venture to access more ounces at uh, Phoenix. Okay, interesting. Is that why Newmont is staying in as a shareholder, just to keep a tabs on what's going on at Lewis? I, I look. I, I don't know. I mean, look, they're 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 a big company, and and obviously Nevada is is an extremely important part of both companies, um, you know, endowment and revenue and and business. Yeah. No, of course, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you you mentioned something before. I forgot to drill uh, drill on a little more. Is the at the market offering? Um, give us a quick update. Where do you stand? How much is left outstanding? I think you originally wanted to raise fourteen point something million um, through that at the market offering. Briefly explain to us what what is actually an at the market offering. You don't see it too often, and uh, how much do you have outstanding? Yes. So so I think uh, I was an, uh, originally very much against the the ATM, and I think it was because I was not educated about what the product actually is. So an ATM is an at-the-market offering. It's essentially issuing shares from Treasury to the market, and it, it, it definitely has a bit of a bad reputation because it's you know it's dilution and you're capping your share price. But the thing about it is the company controls the process. So Kyle, let's say that you know you and I are marketing. You've got a, a, a high net worth family office that wants to buy five million shares of Gold Standard. So instead of doing a street deal where you're going to give a seven to a ten percent discount and pay five percent commission. Let's say the, the family office wanted to pay at market. I pay the bank 2%. So your, your, your capital is much cheaper. You can you know, control the process. It's not like the bank has the authority to sell shares whenever they want. You control the process. You limit. And the idea here, uh, here was to never drip feed the market. It was if we found a large buyer um, that you know we felt we had more uh, pricing power, better flexibility, and a cheaper cost of capital. So I think you're actually going to see more mining companies um, put these ATMs in place because you don't have to deal with you know some of the games that get played when you're doing a financing and, and give away that steep discount and pay five percent commission. You know, so I I I like the ATM <laughs> and and um, we're actually with that block that was done, uh, we're actually finished that ATM and um, all of the block you know all the trades, virtually all the trades we did. 
to utilize the ATM were done through block trades pre-open and after the close. So no, no market impact, low cost and commission. Fantastic. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So um, unless you drip feed the market, it just put, it usually puts a lid on the share price. But as you said, like you use it like very pointedly, it makes a lot of sense. Um, we, we're sort of hitting our time limit. Give me a quick update. Like what's the cash position now that now that you've uh, completed the Orion deal and uh, just overview of drill program? You said 160 holes. How many meters is that? And upcoming catalyst. Sure. So we've got about $15 million in cash, and that does not include the the $2 million. Now, again, this is this is when the you know the ATM and the concurrent uh, Orion financing close, uh, but that does not include the $2 million for the the small silver stream, that, and that's U.S. that we did with Orion. Um, so this is about 160 holes at Darkstar and Pinion. That is the infill portion. That you know the development drilling. Uh, about a third of that is already completed. And then right now we've got a, you know, call it a 40, 45 hole expiration program. That'll be at, at, at uh, LT uh, and some of the other targets that are both north and south of, of, of Pinion. Um, and then we, we, you know, we're doing sort of the final uh, development and permitting work for the, for the plan of operation and the trade-off and optimization work for the, for the feasibility study. So really over the last six months, that's really where the, you know, our spend has been is, has been on making sure we're on track for the plan of operation getting filed and the uh, feasibility study. Okay, fantastic. So we'll have lots of news coming out in terms of drilling, drill results, uh, working towards the feasibility. Fantastic. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate you taking the time there and off your cell phone because we tried to connect on Friday. We had a couple connection issues there, so that, that didn't work out too well. So appreciate you making it work today. Um, other than that, everybody else, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. This was SF Live episode 63 with uh, Jonathan Odd, uh, President and CEO of Gold Center Adventures. If you have any questions, feel free. I'm sure Jonathan is readily available. He's in quarantine. He's got nothing else to do. Um, and uh, we'll be uploading this video on YouTube, tw uh, Twitter. We are already on Spotify and Instagram, so make sure you follow us there as well. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, we'll talk very soon again. Thanks very much, and uh, best of luck with number three. Uh, thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. Thanks.